I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It is the Jesse Kelly Show reminding you, or it's another hour of the Jesse Kelly Show already. Dang, we're about to get to Medal of Honor Monday. Remember, you can email the show your love, your hate, your death threats, your Ask Dr. Jesse questions for Fridays. All those can be emailed in right now to jesse at jessekellyshow.com. All right? jesse at jessekellyshow.com. We'll get back into the banks and the bailouts that I say are coming and the death of everything and things like that in a moment. But you know what time it is. After all, it's Monday. It's Medal of Honor Monday time. For you new listeners, every Monday at this time, we take a Medal of Honor citation, all of which are available for free online. Anyone can do this. Go print them out and we just read one. That's it. Nothing I'm doing. These men went out there and earned the highest honor. Let's honor them. Honor their deeds, honor their memory, and let's show the next generation that there are actual heroes out there. And remember, we take email suggestions if you have one that's personal to you in any way. This email said, Medal of Honor Monday, I suggest John Levitow. The Air Force gives the John Levitow Award to the best airman enlisted PME. PME is a, a Air Force school for enlisted personnel. As you as you work your if you're not an officer, you're enlisted. As you work your way up through enlisted, that's PME. Anyway, without further ado, from Vietnam, here he is. Ready? Aim. Honoring those who went above and beyond. It's Medal of Honor Monday. 
For conspicuous gallantry and intrepidity in action at the risk of his life above and beyond the call of duty, Sergeant Levitow, U.S. Air Force, distinguished himself by exceptional heroism while assigned as a loadmaster aboard an AC-47 aircraft flying a night mission in support of Long Bin Army Post. Sergeant Levitow's aircraft was struck by a hostile mortar round. The resulting explosion ripped a hole two feet in diameter through the wing and fragments made over 3,500 holes in the fuselage. All occupants in the cargo compartment were wounded and helplessly slammed against the floor and fuselage. The explosion tore an activated flare from the grasp of a crew member who had been launching flares to provide illumination for Army ground troops engaged in combat. Sergeant Levitow, though stunned by the concussion of the blast, suffered from over 40 fragment wounds in his back and legs, staggered to his feet, and turned to assist the man nearest him who'd been knocked down and was bleeding heavily. As he moved his wounded comrade forward and away from the open compartment door, he saw the smoking flare ahead of him in the aisle. Realizing the danger involved and completely disregarding his own wounds, Sergeant Levitow started toward the building. The aircraft was partially out of control and the flare was rolling wildly from side to side. Sergeant Levitow struggled forward despite the loss of blood from his many wounds and the partial loss of feeling in his right leg. Unable to grasp the rolling flare with his hands, he threw himself bodily upon the burning flare. Hugging the deadly device to his body, he dragged himself back to the rear of the aircraft and hurled the flare through the open cargo door. At that instant, the flare separated and ignited in the air, but clear of the aircraft. Sergeant Levitow, by his selfless heroic action, saved the aircraft and its entire crew from certain death and destruction. Sergeant Levitow's gallantry, his profound concern for his fellow man at, a, at the risk of his life above and beyond the call of duty are in keeping with the highest traditions of U.S. Air Force and reflect great credit upon himself and the armed forces of his country. Now, I need to clarify a couple things for non-military folk that make this story a little more real and a little more cool. First of all, What's an AC-47, a plane? You don't know what that is. It's a plane. All the Vietnam guys listen to the sound of my voice. They're all smiling. They all know what it is. What is it? All right. Well, it's a big plane. If you looked at it, you would think that must be a bomber plane. It definitely doesn't look like a fighter plane. But it is not a bomber plane. Not really. It was a plane that was designed and made to support Ground troops. Now, what does that mean, support ground troops? Well, it's a plane. Uh, there's been different configurations, right? So this is general. It has, gosh, it's definitely been in Vietnam movies. I'm trying to think. I always try to bring it back to a movie that I think you've seen. If you've ever watched a Vietnam movie and there was a big plane up ahead and you see someone on the ground, hey, we got him 50 meters away, but whatever, he's, he's calling in air support. And then all of a sudden, a big plane opens up with some miniguns from way up in the sky, but they're miniguns, and these miniguns start chewing up the ground and mowing people down on the ground. That was probably an AC-47. It was also known by its name, Puff the Magic Dragon. That was the name of the plane. That's the nickname of the plane. You could call in air support from the ground, or you'd have one flying overhead when you were on the ground because it has these miniguns on it that can essentially just wipe someone out if they get too close to you very accurately, very, very accurately, 
Very, very cool ground support thing. But it adds something else, too. You can drop things from it. Now, why are they dropping flares? Well, I will tell you, there are these moments when you're in the military that are really, really cool, and they feel really cool. And one of the coolest things when I was in the Marines was doing a night shoot. Most of our shoots were done during the day, but you always want to practice at night. So you know how to operate at night, and he does not. I was part of mortars, remember? I was in the infantry, mortars, weapons platoon. Part of that for mortars was this. We would line up and we'd be doing what's called combined arms. So the regular rifleman guys would be assaulting a target. And the machine gunners would be set up somewhere and so on and so forth. We as mortars would have a different role. If it was nighttime, not only are we going to be dropping uh, HE, high explosive, explosive rounds out there, we would be dropping flares out there. Boom, you drop them down the mortar tube. Pow, they go off and they shoot up above. I can't even tell you how cool this is when you get to do this at night. They shoot way up in the air, up above, and then boom, they go off. And it's not a firework. It is so bright. It is amazing. So you'll be looking out in the dark and you'll fire off a couple of these things. Let's call it a thousand meters out. And then a thousand meters out, Boom, they go off in the middle of the sky, and all of a sudden, all the ground below you is illuminated, and you see all the Marines that were out there. It's sick. It's absolutely sick. It's those kind of flares. They're for the guys on the ground to see what is and what's not happening. These AC-47, Puff the Magic Dragon, they would drop these out of the plane as well to provide these huge amount of flare support for guys on the ground when you're doing night ops. Now, I need to clarify something. When you hear flare, we all think the same thing. You think about the little handheld stick. It's just like a thick stick in your hand, and you've seen it in the movies. He just kind of hits it on something, and it goes off. That is not what we're talking about here. This flare that they were using, I want to say it was 25 pounds. I know it was well over 20. It's more like a canister than a flare. You would have to pop a fuse on it, and then that fuse would cook out. Then the flare would go off. I, that was a long way of me to t for me to tell you that flare would burn. I don't, I don't know the numbers, nor do I care about the scientific nerd-out details, but I'm telling you for a fact that's probably white phosphorus burning in that flare, and that flare would have burned so hot that plane would have incinerated, or a huge hole would have been incinerated through that plane almost instantly. When they say this guy saved the lives of everyone on board, he saved the lives of everyone on board. That he got that flare off that plane, that every day the rest of the people on that plane lived, they can thank that guy because they were all going to die. If that flare goes off inside a plane, everyone's going to die. Uh, I don't know the Geneva Convention rules. For a while, we were told we weren't allowed to put Willie Pete, uh, white phosphorus. We weren't allowed to use Willie Pete on personnel because it burns through you. And I need to be clear, you can't hop in the water and avoid it. You could hop in the bottom of the deep end of a pool, and if I dropped some Willie Pete on you, it would just burn its way right down through the water and then burn right down through you and then burn right down through the bottom of the pool yeah, it's virtually impossible to put out. That stuff would have cooked through a plane, a tinfoil plane like that, like that. Now think about stumbling through a plane, wounded, falling all over the place, 
knowing that you are on a time limit to get that thing off the plane or you're going to die and you are going to be lit up like Fifth Avenue. That's guts right there. That's cool. That's a cool Medal of Honor citation. That's a rare one. We haven't done many of those. All right, all right, all right, all right enough, enough. Let's get to a couple of emails because I have some, I have some thoughts. I touched on them briefly. I have some thoughts on where all this bank stuff is going. Now, wrap your mind around this. I think about this a lot now. I think about how many dogs I've had in my lifetime. We had Airedales when I was a kid, and then we switched to Labs, Black Labs. And then we switched to yellow labs. And it occurs to me, we, we would go out and we would buy what we thought was good dog food. But it occurs to me that my dogs have probably never in their lives, none of the dogs I've owned until Fred, until this one, none of them have ever had the proper nutrition. Is, is that a little disheartening? I was thinking about that yesterday and I was thinking, that's a little depressing. But your dog food is dead. There's nothing in it. They purposely kill everything in it so it will last longer on the shelf. If your dog isn't getting rough greens, your dog isn't getting vitamins and minerals. It's not getting probiotics, omega oils, antioxidants. There's a chance your dog has never had those things. Now, imagine the difference in your life if you were introduced to vitamins and minerals for the first time ever. Think about your dog. Think about your dog's digestive system, ears, joints. Think about the years you'll get. Roughgreens.com slash Jesse gets you a free jumpstart trial bag. Roughgreens.com slash Jesse. You're listening to the Oracle. You're gonna love this one. It's a scream, baby. The Jesse Kelly Show. It is the Jesse Kelly Show, and I'll get into where we're going here in just a minute. I did think this little soundbite today, you know, sometimes. Oftentimes, you can tell so much about somebody by what they brag about. Like the wife and now the kids, they'll make fun of me because I'll come home from work after you know being a world-famous author. You can purchase the Anti-Communist Manifesto at jessekellybook.com. No, I'll come home after work and they'll ask how my day was. And I don't do this on purpose. It's just because I have uh, unhealthy priorities in life. I'll end up bragging about something we ate that day here at the studio. It'll just come out and now I'll catch myself doing it, but they'll laugh and laugh and laugh. And they'll say things to me like, you can tell so much about you by what you brag about when you get home. You think that that's an accomplishment that you had good queso today or something like that. Listen to what the Biden administration, Jen Psaki, well, former member of the Biden administration, listen listen to what she brags about. It's important to note, President Biden does nothing at 9 a.m., he is a night owl. So the fact that he is doing this at 9 a.m. anyway speaks to how uh, vital the White House recognizes it is for him to have his voice out there conveying that to the American public. Uh, what? That the president was able to roll out of bed at 9 a.m. is something that we should be impressed by? That is great news. Hey, President Poopy Pants is up at nine. I hope you all appreciate the gravity of this situation. You know what that makes me appreciate? That makes me appreciate the gravity of the situation that we have a half-functional adult as president who can't get out of bed before nine. Are you serious? Oh, gosh. We need some emails. I need a break. We need some emails. 
Governor Jesse Newsom is not renewing 45 Walgreens or 54 Walgreens contracts because they won't sell the abortion pill. I didn't know it was governors who renewed the contracts of business. Where did that come from? Well, he's he's not alone. Remember, it's New York, it's California. Pharmacies have become the new battleground ever since women's rights were stripped in the overturning of Roe v. Wade last June. And if they try to suspend the distribution of this important drug to women in the state of New York, there'll be consequences. But let's let's go back to what she said, because you want to know how that happened. Why, why, why is California doing this? Why is New York doing this? Well, once again, the communist lays it out for you without meaning to lay it out for you. Listen, it's just the very beginning. You hear what she said? See if you catch it. Very beginning. I'm very grateful to the Biden administration. Uh, not there. Not there, Chris. This one. Pharmacies have become the new battleground ever since women's rights were... St- the new what now? You see, this is part of the reason why we have lost for decades to the communist. And it's simply a mentality difference that it's going to take the right a very long time to figure out how to overcome and combat. Because you have lived your life, fairly live and let live. Because of your value system and because your value system is the value system of the founding of the country. So there are a lot of reasons for this. Plus, if you take the general low T nature of the right, that plays a part in it too. But because of all these things, you, you will look at a pharmacy, Walgreens, CVS, grocery store, Rite Aid, whatever your pharmacy is, you will look at your pharmacy and it would never occur to you to look at that pharmacy as a battleground. Pharmacies have become the new battleground ever since. I drive by a Walgreens every single day. Every single day on the work, on my way to work, I drive by a Walgreens. And I have thought several things on the way by Walgreens before. I've thought, oh, I wonder if they sell beer. I've thought, oh, look at one of those Redbox things out front. I should go rent a DVD because I'm one of the few people who still has a DVD player. I've thought to myself, I should stop and get some of those little moleskin things because I'm getting a blister from these annoying new new shoes my wife bought me. But you know what I've never thought? Honestly, just you and me. I've never driven by Walgreens and thought, there's the next political battleground. Pharmacies have become the new battleground. But the communist does think that way. How did it happen? How did this happen, these states and state contracts? Well, This has been going on for a very long time in the country. But as soon as businesses began to be tied in in any way, even the smallest way, as soon as businesses began to be tied in to the government, we already had signed up for our own destruction. Because what happens? What happens is businesses want to stay on the good side of the government in order to stay in the government's good graces. Remember that story I told you about that business who won't be named, that business of my buddies, a huge corporation. I think they're like a fortune 10, one of the biggest ones. And they didn't want to do any vaccine mandate for their employees. Their, 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 their board is actually very to the right, very Republican. They thought, yeah, get it or don't get it. And then they got word, hey, we're going to do a vaccine mandate. And my buddy freaked out. He said, why? And he sent the word up to chain. I don't understand. And he got word back. Hey, we don't want to. We have... Over a trillion dollars in government contracts we've signed up for. They'll take those away if we don't. We don't have any choice. 
The second you start taking money from the mob, you're owned by the mob. As soon as the business world and the government got into bed together, that story was only going to end one way. And now, in these communist states, they're going to make these pharmacies do abortions. They are. They're going to make them sell this abortion pill. That's over half the abortions in the country. By the way, as we have gained gains, thanks to organizations like Preborn, understand that evil hasn't stopped either. They've made gains too. Did you hear what I just said? Over half the abortions, they're done with the pill now. They understood that the right had gained so much ground by 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 showing women how horrific the actual procedure was and, and and audio and video and these these things coming out they understood they were losing ground but they didn't back off did they they figured out hey let's just find a way to hey let's find a way to make it easier just give them a pill is there a pill preborns out there on the front lines trying to stop it trying to get to these young ladies and get them a free ultrasound before they pop that pill in their mouth it costs preborn $28 to find that young woman and give her a free ultrasound, an ultrasound that doesn't cost her a dime. That's how they get her in the door. Hey, it's free. Come on in. Just quick ultrasound. Then you do whatever. They can't do it without us. Preborn.com slash Jesse. 15,000 babies this year. That's the goal. You think we can do it? 28 bucks saves one of them. Preborn.com slash Jesse. That's the goal. Sponsored by Preborn. It's the Kia Summer Sticker Sales Event, so give your friends something to look at, like a B&B with an ocean view, an endless field of wildflowers, or a sunset that needs no filter. Make this a summer to share and save with a capable Kia SUV or powerful sedan. See your local Kia dealer or visit Kia.com to learn more. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-334-KIA for details. Always drive safely. Sale applies to purchase of specially tagged 2024 vehicles only. Quantities are limited. Must take delivery by 7824. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. 
I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It is the Jesse Kelly Show. Yeah! And we have some interesting conversations when we're off the air. Chris was making a crack about Joe Biden being a night out. He said, did you know Hitler was a night out? And we were, he was telling the story about how part of the reason D-Day was successful is they didn't want to wake Hitler up. And we were just having a good snicker about how nervous you'd be outside of Hitler's store. Uh, Fuhrer, uh, look, I know I know it's 8 a.m. And I, I certainly don't want to interrupt whatever you've got going on in there. Probably shaving your mustache, but it's this seems like a big deal. And And then we were talking about where you'd get sent. One of the sick ironies of history is oftentimes the worst atrocities or bad atrocities are actually, I don't know why I'm going off on this, bad atrocities are actually made worse because of the caliber of people who are put in charge of the atrocity. Like in this in this society, what do we demonize? Men. Now, men are, of course, crap. The testosterone's crap, whatever. But here's the reality of it. If I walk out of this studio, or you know what, forget about me. If the wife, if, if I could, she's here instead of me. And she could walk out of this studio today. It's dark, pitch black in the parking lot. And she has to meet one guy in the parking lot. She, well, she's going to run into a guy in the parking lot. And one guy is some totally ripped dude, tattoos all over his body. Or she can meet the smaller 150-pound effeminate dude, I'd much rather she run into Tattoo Guy because he's probably not a violent little monster with angst. The truth is, if we're talking about where you wouldn't want to get sent, there's all kinds of... There's great reads on this for not only the Nazis, for the the Turks during World War One, during that Armenian thing, for the Japanese in World War Two. Part of the problem with the atrocities is they're made so much worse because you don't take the best guys and put them in charge of the concentration camp. You take the turd because your best guy, you need him out there on the front lines getting shot in the face in Russia. For the Japanese, you needed your best guys. We got to get you. You can shoot. You're one of the studs. You're going to Iwo Jima. The Americans are coming. Oh, no. Useless turd. You suck. Uh, hey, just go guard a couple prisoners who were who were languishing somewhere. Well, the turd is always more vicious than the strong guy. Same thing applied to the Nazi concentration camps, too. You think they were putting their tip of the spear dudes to go to a concentration camp? No, you put all the vicious little animals who've never had anything, and now they have power over people, 
and now it gets so much worse. You understand? It, uh, historically, I read, shoot, what was this? I think it was an article. It wasn't a book. I read a fascinating article about that one time, but it wasn't just those things. It was event after event after event after event. Okay, you have this horrible human disaster, this human genocide of some kind. Okay, well, who was actually pulling the trigger? It was always some turd. It was always some turd. Even the Nazis when they were invading Russia, the Soviet Union at the time. And you had the, the army. You know the, the German army was actually not only fantastic, really, really had major problems with Nazism. Hitler had a huge problem with his generals, and they knew it. So they had to come up with a second group of murderous turds, the Einsatzgruppen, to go with the army because the army would go take over an area. Hey, nice, we killed those Soviets. And Germany would be all, okay, now murder all the Jews. And the, the army guys would say, I'm sorry, what? What? Now, don't get me wrong, that plenty of Jews were killed, but they needed a murder squad. The army, that wasn't what they were. Hey, where's the Einsatzgruppen now? These were the real evil turds who came in and did it evil little jerks who could never handle it on the front lines. Anyway, I don't know why we went into all that now, but it's probably happier than where we're probably going here. Uh. All right. I, I touched on this a little earlier. I see. Oh gosh. I hate to say this. I see this getting really ugly financially for the nation. And I see some serious government action coming. Now, what do I mean by that? Well, again, remember, we've talked about this a bunch on the show. Interest rates are going to go up. They have to go up. You can complain about interest rates. I can complain about them all day long. We held them artificially down for 15 years. They should have never been that low for that long. They're going to go up. We held them down, and then we printed trillions of dollars and then passed trillion-dollar COVID bills. They have to jack interest rates up. I a lot. I'm sorry, they're not done. They're not almost done. They have to go up a lot. Well, they have to go up a lot to avoid hyperinflation. But if you jack interest rates up like they're doing, like they're going to keep doing, because remember, there's not a choice here. There's not a, the, the money printed, the money tree never existed. They just told you it existed. Well, that's going to cause a severe problem with the banks because the banks exist on money being liquid. Money flowing around the economy. Loans here, loan there. Hand this out, hand this out. Pay me back here. The money stops flowing if the interest rates get too high. Because it's not just companies. It's banks, too, that start to batten down the hatches and get ready for money becoming more expensive. When interest rates are low, they call that money being cheap. When interest rates are high, money is expensive. Well, money's getting expensive. So this is not going to stop. It's going to go forward. Now, today, it's two banks. Today, it's two banks, and what do they do? They announced, hey, we're not bailing them out. Remember, Jan Jan Janet Yellen came out and said they're not bailing them out. Well, let me be clear that during the financial crisis, there were um, investors um, and owners of systemic large banks that were bailed out and uh, the reforms that have been put in place means that we're not going to do that again but we are concerned about depositors and are focused on uh, trying to meet their needs 
For now, it's just depositors. It's just FDIC insurance. Hey, cover more than you said you were going to cover. Of course, the banks are going to cover that fee, meaning you're going to cover that fee. So that's where we're at today. But where are we going tomorrow? Well, I believe we're going to go to a place where we are going to pass a bill, probably more than one. It will be a gigantic act through Congress. They'll call it the Save the People Act or some other crap like they do every single time. And what it will do is it's going to take government money that doesn't exist and it's going to throw this money into the banks in order to avoid more banks closing. Their ultimate fear is a bunch of banks shutting down. It's not because they give a crap about you. That's not why they fear it. They fear banks shutting down because crime doesn't make people go vote against Democrats. But if you have a bunch of banks shutting down, if you have people actually losing their retirement and livelihood, Democrats are going to lose 40 states in 2024. They cannot afford that. Under no circumstances politically would they afford something like that. And they know we still have plenty of low-T GOPers who will join with them in the Save the People Act, whatever they're going to call it. And this Save the People Act, it's going to essentially be a government takeover of the banks. They won't call it that because that would be rejected. It'll involve all kinds of new regulations. I bet you money it will involve at least one new government agency. There will, of course, be all kinds. Well, it's a government, a bipartisan government board with a bunch of people sitting on the board monitoring the thing. I believe this is the beginning stage of the American government taking over America's banking system. I know that was a lot, but that's what I believe. Now, who's going to get bailed out? Is your credit union going to get bailed out? Well, that's that's where it gets a little thorny. Would you like to know who's going to get bailed out and who's not? And do you enjoy history? Want to do a little five-minute history bit with me as we go talk about who's going to get bailed out and who's not and why? You ready? Let's do some history before we do to history. Before we do history, I need you to understand an important part of your history. There's an old saying that I just made up that they're the two most important parts of a man's life are when he was born and when he figures out that my pillow was better than the pillow he's been sleeping on. You've already been born. Good. You've crossed step one. Step two is just a phone call away or a website away, especially when MyPillow 2.0, the brand new one with temperature regulating thread, is buy one, get one free for a limited time. Hear me again. You know to listen when I say this. A limited time. Buy one, get one free. MyPillow.com promo code JESSE is what gets you the new MyPillow 2.0. Buy one, get one free or a phone call. 800-845-0544. 800-845-0544. What, Chris? We can make jokes. It's fine. You got that right. The Jesse Kelly Show. It is the Jesse Kelly Show. Don't worry. We still have more than an hour left of the Jesse Kelly Show. This is going to be a... 
a bit of a prediction topsy-turvy thing, but okay, here's what I predict. Uh, as I've been laying out, no, there are no bailouts of the banks now. They're bailing out depositors. Which is, I'm not going to go into that again, but no bailouts of the banks now. I see it coming, though, because they cannot under, understand this. Let's start from this. Understand that the, the people who run this nation, the system, they want to keep running the nation. Joe Biden wants to keep being president. Uh, Janet Yellen wants to keep being, well, I mean, is she Treasury Secretary today? Is she back on Wall Street? Whatever. She wants to keep being part of the system. The staffers in the White House want to keep being part of the system. The bank regulators want to keep. The system wants to remain as it is. The system cannot afford any more blips like Trump. They cannot afford, under any circumstances, a bunch of bank closures. They can't afford them because the people in power, that kind of real pain too fast, they, they want you to experience that pain just slower. That kind of pain real fast would freak them out. Right here, U.S. Senator today, Mark Kelly, calls for social media censorship to prevent bank runs. They will do anything to prevent bank runs, including passing a gigantic bill. But pause on that for a moment. The bill, the act, the regulation, whatever they're going to pass. Who's it going to be for? Well, I think if we're going to look at the future, it would be helpful to look at the past. And the past is this. The omnibus bill. Do you remember the $1.7 trillion omnibus bill? Do you remember that? Well, that just passed. It passed with 18 Republicans voting for it. They passed it because they knew Republicans were about to take over the House of Representatives and they would be resistant to a lot of the things that were in the bill. It was $1.7 trillion in handouts to all the friends of the Democratic Party. $1.7 trillion bribery bill to a bunch of Democrat constituents. Now, that was the past. In the future... Who's going to get bailed out? Is it going to be your local credit union? Well, let's pause on that and let's do a little bit of history, shall we? Why did the colonial era end for the world? Because when you look into the past, especially once mankind began to master the oceans with ships, colonialism was a, just something that was done. All the major empires of the world, the major nations, they would take their ships and their armies and their navies and their merchants and, and their private citizens, and they would go overseas and they would find people who had something the big boy wanted and they would simply take it, but they would colonize the area. And it lasted for so, so long. And it really... It made sense for everyone. Let's be honest. It made sense for everyone. Now, I realize there are really bad examples of colonialism, but lots of it was simply, hey, I'm uh, Britain. We'll use Britain for I'm Great Britain. I see you sitting right there in the Caribbean. Huh. I would really love that sugar cane. I want to take that sugar cane. 
But I understand that I don't want to be a monster about it. I could just come kill you all. But since you're not technologically advanced to harvest it and send it across the world like I am, I'm going to come do it for you and I'm going to make a huge profit. But you know what? You're going to get something. You know how the average life expectancy is like five years because you don't know anything about medicine or whatnot? We're going to bring you modern medicine. We're going to pave your roads. Soon you're going to be reading, writing. You're going to have a modern society. We are going to give you that, and we're going to give you something else. We're going to give you protection. Yes, we're going to come in. We're going to appoint our governors, our buildings. We're going to have the final say. But guess who is not going to mess with you now that Britain's here? Well, everyone. Because nobody's going to cross us. So you will be protected. Right now, you're a tiny tribe. Anybody could come eat you alive. We will step in and protect you. And that was a huge part of why colonization was successful for the longest time. But why did it stop? What was really the end end of colonization? What really ended it? World War II. This is all going to come back to the banking system. Just hang with me. Now, why? Why did it end it? Why? What, what about World War II screwed up colonization for everybody? Well, you had countries like Britain who Britain was running things in Singapore. You had countries like America. We were running things in the Philippines. You had countries like France. Really, what well, I could go on and on. I'm not going to go down the list. But we were running these things, and we had given these populations all the things we talked about. Yeah, Brits are running Singapore. We're running the Philippines. And these people, they've gone through a lot. There have been a lot of rebellions, and I know there are native tribes, and they know I know they want their independence, but hey, how about air conditioning? How about paved roads? How about a better life, modern shipping, modern infrastructure? How about indoor plumbing? How about all these things? And if you were a Filipino at the time, you got the knowledge. You got the comfort of knowing America's going to be here if someone comes knocking at my door. America's coming. If you're Singapore, you were no, you, it was just known. Ain't nobody going to mess with us. Why? Because Big Daddy England's got our back. You want to mess with us, you're going to see the English Navy come through the seas and they're going to kill all you guys. So where do I see this financial thing going? And what does all this history have to do with any of this stuff? I will tie all that together in a nice little bow and then we'll get to some emails and other things and I will do that in a moment. Before we do that, just know that the future is going to be choosing sides with corporations. And this is going to be a delicate future that you and I are going to have to try to tiptoe our way through. Who do we support? Who don't we support? What goods and services do we need? What can we cut off? I know you have a cell phone. I know that's not going to go away. I'm not going to ask you to take that away from yourself, from your family. Do you have to fund Verizon while you do it? Do you have to fund T-Mobile? AT&T? You have Pure Talk right there as the option. What reason is there not to switch? Keep the phone. Keep your number. Cut your My bill got cut in half for a family of four. And yet I now support a company that shares my values every month. Your cell phone 
Switching your cell service is the easiest way to put your money where your morals are. Have you done it yet? Now's the time. Pick up your phone. Dial pound 250 and say Jesse Kelly. That'll save you even more money. That'll save you 50% more off your first month. Pound 250, say Jesse Kelly. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleha Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.